Get ready to hear the truth about America on a show that's not immune to the facts with your host, Dan Bongino. All right, folks, I am going to address the replacing Rush Limbaugh uh, contrived controversy, um, hopefully, hopefully for the last time, folks. I'm really sorry. Some of you saw some media reports yesterday. Uh, we got, I don't know, 500, 1,000 emails, probably close to another 1,000 Facebook, parlor, Twitter uh, messages, Instagram messages. Dan, what happened? I thought you were replacing Rush Limbaugh. I promise I will explain it today. I've got that. I've also got this talk is cheap. It's time for a plan segment. I got a really good idea based on an article I read about how to kind of turn the tide on this and a stunning new study about masks which will be kind of a censorship test for YouTube. We'll see if they really believe in science. Today's show brought to you by ExpressVPN. Thousands of my listeners have secured their internet with a VPN. Go to expressvpn.com slash Bongino. Pick it up today. Welcome to the Dan Bongino Show. Producer Joe, if you wouldn't mind your standard Friday opening, please. It's Friday! (laughs) I've actually had some radio listeners who miss. Maybe I'll get that on recording and throw that on the the radio. They do. They miss it. They love your Friday opening. So thank you, Producer Joe. Yeah, they do. They love you, Joe. All right, let me get to this. Today's show brought to you by our friends at ExpressVPN. There are tons of VPN providers out there. You've probably heard of a couple of them. Some of you may have used the VPN before, but I do my research on my sponsors. As you know, I only recommend brands I use and believe in. I can say with full confidence, ExpressVPN is the best VPN out there on the market. Here's why. They don't log your data. Lots of really cheap VPNs make money by selling your data to ad companies. ExpressVPN developed a technology called Trusted Server. This is cool. It makes it impossible for their servers to log any of your info. Impossible. Second is the speed. It's super fast. I've tried the other VPNs. Paul and I, they're too slow. This will not slow you down. I've been using ExpressVPN for years. My internet speeds are tight, blazing fast. Even when I connect to servers thousands of miles away. I can still stream HD quality videos with zero lag. The last thing that really sets ExpressVPN apart from other VPNs is how easy it is to use. Unlike other VPNs, you don't have to uh, input or program anything. You just fire up the app. It's that simple. Click one button and connect. It's so easy. Even our grandparents can use it. They can. It's so simple. It's not just me saying this. Wired, The Verge, CNET, and many other tech experts rate ExpressVPN the number one VPN in the world. So protect yourself with the VPN that I use and trust. By the way, my grandparents were smarter technologically than I was. If I can use ExpressVPN, trust me, you can do it. Protect yourself with the VPN I use and trust. Use my link, expressvpn.com slash Bongino today. Get an extra three months free and a one-year package. That's expressvpn.com slash Bongino. Go to expressvpn.com slash Bongino to learn more. All right, Joe, let's go. Quick couple programming notes. We will not have a podcast on Monday. Joe and Gee and Paula and everyone deserve a day off like everyone else. However, due to the new nature of the radio program, there will be a live radio program on Monday. So if you'd like to listen, check your local radio station, or you can listen to me live on Monday, Memorial Day, very solemn day. Memorial Day uh, on Bongino.com. You can click listen radio at Bongino.com. You click that anytime. You can listen to the radio station. It plays on loop. So if you ever want to hear the radio show, Bongino.com, just click listen radio. Um, Let's address this head on. Because some people in the media are extremely confused about the 35 different people who are apparently the Rush Limbaugh replacement. Folks, it's not us. I thought I'd been clear from the start. But based on the email feedback we're getting, maybe it's my fault. I have to take that on. Maybe there's been some confusion. I didn't explain well what's happening. So yesterday, uh, a friend of mine, Buck Sexton, um, and Clay Travis, who I don't know, but I've heard is a good guy. Don't know him. Never met him before in my life. But I do know Buck very well. Uh, You probably saw some of the stories yesterday. They're replacing Rush Limbaugh. Well, emails started pouring in, especially after a media appearance last night and the Tucker Carlson show. Everybody's confused now because they said, Dan, I thought you were replacing Rush Limbaugh. I used to listen to Rush on my station and you're there. Did you get fired? Did you get terminated? I thought the show was on Fox nation too. That go, no folks. No, none, none of that went away. First off, I want to sincerely congratulate both Buck Sexton and uh, Clay Travis. I don't, again, I don't know Clay, so I don't want to be disingenuous, but I heard he's, he's a, he's a great guy. I do know Buck. Buck is a great guy. And I know they're both very talented and have built very, very good quality audiences by producing great product. So I congratulate them on their success. Now, how is it? This is the email we're getting. On Tucker's show last night, I heard they were replacing Rush. But Dan, you're replacing Rush too. Yes, both of those stories are correct. 
How is that? How can Clay Travis and Buck Sexton be replacing Rush and you replacing Rush? Quick, quick primer here on the radio industry. Because, folks, to be candid with you, I just learned this myself a few months ago. I'm a digital guy, the podcast space. I had nothing to do with radio. My podcast was repackaged for it. I knew very little about it up until a few months ago. And Guy and Joe, who Joe's been in radio for like 7 million years, please, if I don't explain this well, I'm not kidding. Stop me mid-show because I, if we, the audience doesn't get it, it's my fault after this. And right. I really want you all to understand. Okay. Joe knows this very well. The radio industry, ladies and gentlemen, let's say, I don't know how many stations there are specifically in the United States. Let's say there's a thousand. Sounds like probably close to the right number. A lot of those stations are owned or partnered with, with major syndication companies, right? So let's say a third of them are owned or partnered with a company called Cumulus Westwood One. That's who I work for. That's who syndicates my podcast and my radio show, Cumulus Westwood One. There are other big companies as well. Premier is another one. Uh, Premier iHeart. You may have, you know, the iHeart brand, that's Premier. Premier syndicated the Rush Limbaugh show. They also syndicate the great Sean Hannity. Mark Levin, Ben Shapiro, and I work for a different syndicator, Cumulus Westwood One. Premier syndicated Rush Limbaugh. So, Dan... How is it that Rush Limbaugh's show appeared on stations you're on now if you don't work for Premier? Good question. Maybe I should have explained this better. Rush Limbaugh was such a titan of the industry. Was, was, was the, he wasn't the 600-pound gorilla. He was the 7-million-pound gorilla. That even companies who weren't syndicators of the Rush Limbaugh show had to carry the Rush Limbaugh show because he was such a powerhouse in the market if you didn't carry the Russell and Bush show, nobody would listen. Joe, is that a fair assessment being a radio veteran? Yeah, yeah. I think you're doing good so far. Yeah. Okay. All right. Let me know. Yeah, now, will do. There aren't just so the, the two big companies out there that have or partner with radio stations, we have a good bulk of them. We have, I think, uh, we're up to 100 plus now, 122 in our station, are Premier and Westwood One Cumulus. So iHeart Cumulus, right? There are others out there. There's Entercom that I think is Odyssey now. They have a big station in Philadelphia, uh, WPHT. There's Cox. They have a station Eric Erickson is on in Atlanta. Um, what else? There's Radio One America has Dana Lash in that spot. So there are. there's not a Rush Limbaugh time block. It's just Rush Limbaugh was so great. Everybody who had a show or a station in that time block had to carry Rush, or you just lose your audience. Premier made a different decision. I don't work for Premier. It's really stunning how many people in the media did not understand this. Now, it's not up to you and the listening audience to understand radio dynamics, but people who allege to be media reporters should understand the basic dynamics of the industry they're reporting on, correct? Because they're confusing the hell out of people. Everybody, I got so many emails. Dan, is your show canceled? No, ladies and gentlemen, the show is not canceled. I promise you, the show has been at least based on numbers. I'm going to read you some. Can I do this? Gee, can we do this? I guess we can do it, right? I got some numbers yesterday, week one of the show. We're on, I think, about 122 stations. We're adding more every day. You'll hear more coming on board. We're not going anywhere. The Premier stations have chosen to go with Buck Sexton and Clay Travis. I don't work for Premier. I don't work for Premier. Everybody's, there was this one guy, um, this guy who writes for the Daily Dork, otherwise known as the Daily Dot. He's like a 12-year-old. And he was confused. He's like, biggest loser of the day, Dan Bongino, who didn't get the Limbaugh gig. There's no Limbaugh gig. He worked for Premier. I don't work for Premier. I work for Cumulus. I am on the Cumulus Westwood One stations. WBAP, KABC, WJR, WLS, WMAL. KSFO, we are not going anywhere. Here's some quick numbers about week one. For those, for, again, I'm sorry, some of you think, and I don't mean to belabor this point, but really, if I don't explain it well, I'm going to get another uh, set of questions on it. I don't, wanna, I don't want any more confusion. So the first week, our website traffic at Cumulus was up 8,750%. Radio streams were up 44%. Bongito.com traffic was up 109%. Social traffic up 300%. Calls into the radio show. Want to hear a crazy number? The, hang, this, uh, the highest single day of call volume they've had in eons. 1,273 calls into the show. Here's a kicker. Media impressions. 659 million media impressions about the launch of the show. 
So don't worry, we're not going anywhere, I promise. Buck is a good man, so is Clay. They're on a different set of stations I don't work for. There are others, independent, independent. Joe worked at an independent state. They were independent, WCBM, right, Joe? Uh, Independently owned? uh, Yeah, independently owned, yes. That's where Joe worked, in Baltimore, another great station where they have Derek Hunter at 12. There are different entities out there. I don't work for them. I didn't lose anything. I don't work for that company. I work for I work for Westwood. Okay, I'm sorry I had to spend seven minutes on that, but um, listeners are confused. You know, there was the media last night and, and during the day totally blew the story again. It was a simple explanation. Dan Bongino works for a different company who's on different stations that carried Rush Limbaugh because we had to. Westwood One carried him because he was great. Simple as that. Makes sense, Guy? I need, a, I need two opinions here. Yeah. Okay, thank you. Guy says it makes sense. Joe says it makes sense. Then it makes sense. All right. By the way, I will be in today on the 5. Today's the longest day ever. I have the... It's not a free plug for Press House. I love Press House, but it's really good. They're a sponsor. I will be doing this show, the radio show today. I'll be on the five. I think I may be on with Geraldo today on the five, so you may want to check that out. Um, also, I will be filling in for Hannity tonight, so I'll be working like 20 hours. I may be dead tomorrow. If I die tomorrow of a heart attack and there's no show on Monday, you know why. Paul is like, don't say that. All right. So, folks, it's action time, right? Let's get to the, uh, the real stuff, the meat and potatoes. It's action time. I need you to do something. I need you to do something not for me. I need you to do something for the country. So this ATF nominee for ATF director, David Chipman, is, as I said yesterday, probably the most dangerous nominee yet. This guy is a self-professed gun grabber. Um, I'm not exaggerating for effect. He is on record being a gun grabber. He would like to see the, quote, AR-15 assault weapon, which is a nonsensical term, go away the way of the woolly mammoth. And we can't have that because we're uh, freedom-loving Americans who believe in the right to defend ourselves with the weapon of our choice, as long as it's you know, a commonly available uh, weapon, as dictated in the, uh, in the Supreme Court case, we should be able to choose what we want to defend ourselves with. And we're not asking. We're not asking what weapons you believe we should have and not. So I'm going to play this again because I had to kind of cut it short a little bit yesterday due to the length of the show. But here is a clip of this ATF nominee for ATF director, David Chipman, on the Hill with Senator John Kennedy. It's worth replaying. Keep in mind, he wants to ban what he categorizes as assault weapons. But when asked specifically what an assault weapon is, he has no idea. I want to play that. And then the other side, I want to play another clip of an experience I had with liberals who there's a reason they don't want to tell you what an assault weapon is. And is the reason uh, the reason is because once they put a perimeter around that fence, as I said yesterday, and say an assault weapon is this but not this, what they say an assault weapon isn't, they can't ban because they said they wanted to ban assault weapons. Here's Chipman, who seems totally confused by Senator Kennedy, a Republican from Louisiana's question. Check this out. I got 35 seconds left. Define it for me, would you please, sir? Um, What's an assault weapon? Yeah, Senator, uh, um, the bill uh, to ban assault what, weapons is what is your dozens of pages. Of There's weapon. no way I could define an assault weapon. You don't have any. Senate. You're going to run an a- this agency, and you don't have a definition of assault weapon. But I would be enforcing the definition that members yeah, of Congress. Yeah, but you're going to be have. issuing rules and regulations. Just give me your definition. Um, I'll give you one definition that ATF. Give me your definition. One definition that ATF currently. Give me your definition. I can give you one definition. If you won't answer my question, how can I vote for you? I'm done, Mr. Chairman. I don't think I'm going to get an answer. No, you're not going to get an answer. You're not going to get an answer from anyone. Folks, liberals will not answer this question. Liberals will never answer the question. Again, because once they tell you what what an assault weapon isn't by telling you what it is, then what it isn't, they can't ban. Does that make sense? Once they describe specifically what an assault weapon is, how many inches long, detachable magazine with this many rounds, attachments here, this here, pistol grip there. Once they define that, then if it doesn't have a pistol grip, then it's not an assault weapon, so they can't ban it. That's why they don't want to define it, because they want to ban everything. And once they start putting in categories of what it is, what it isn't falls outside of their ban. I hope I'm explaining that well, because it's critical. 
This guy, Chipman, is the most dangerous nominee put up there yet, and that's saying a lot. He's had some real lunatics up there. I don't want to make the show about me, but it is my show, but I've run into this before. Here's a clip from a while ago. I mean a while ago when I was running for, or maybe it was after I was running for Senate. Who knows? But I was a political figure back then in Maryland, the liberal state of Maryland, and I was debating two gun-grabbing lunatics who, again, when I asked them about an assault weapon, they lost their minds because they never want to tell you what it is because then what it isn't falls outside their ban. Check this out. Do you notice what I said at the beginning of the show? You were going to use emotion, not reason. Do you notice how the emotion kicked in? Never defined what an assault of, weapon is. Well, no, this is important. And then resorted to the right-wing nutshell, but never answered the question. They can't define what an assault weapon is because it's based strictly on cosmetics. You are the only person yeah. in the United States Still who takes the, the view that you can't define what federal an assault weapon is. Federal law defines it. You still haven't it, defined it. It's defined it. in the state law. It's defined in state well, laws. What's no? the difference between an assault weapon who and a non-assault weapon? There is a difference. The people there is a definition. Right arms care. Oh, give me a break. You're what taking their you, rights. Look, look, all you Are have you to do, all you have guys, to do is read the statute. Please. All you have to do is read the statute. Yeah, I The definition is in the statute. Well, tell us what it is. Why do I have to tell you if you can read it? We're going to go look for that statute. We'll be back in a minute. I'm sorry. I don't. I love that clip. That guy, hilarious, had no idea what an assault weapon was, and he wants to ban it. He had no idea. He had no idea what an assault weapon was. He couldn't tell me on the show. They will never tell you either, because then what it isn't falls outside of their ban once they tell you what it is. So what's the action time component we started with? I didn't forget. I need you to call and email your senators today. Don't wait. Please, today. Call and email if you can. And let them know that a vote for David Chipman for ATF director will be a negative vote for them from you in the future if they dare to do it. And importantly, make sure you do it in West Virginia as well with Senator Joe Manchin and in Arizona as well where Kirsten Cinema are in purple, um, if not in uh, red states like West Virginia, um, and let them know that that'll be uh, the end of their vote for you and hopefully their political careers if they vote for this guy. Because if they lose cinema or mansion with a 50-50 split, they can't possibly get this guy through. It's important, folks. We have to be action-oriented just like the left is. It's critical. Um, which leads me to my second segment today. This is the talk is cheap, time for a plan segment. Um, it's not good enough anymore to talk about short-term stuff. What we're talking about now, and what we just mentioned, is a short-term plan. It's a very simple one. Just call or email your center. Does it require a, a lot of blood, sweat, and tears? It's a very simple email, a very simple call. Probably take you less than five minutes of your life to do. But it's important. But we need a long-term plan, too. The left is very good at this. Remember you know, the whole, uh, you know, uh, think uh, globally, act locally? Well, they think long-term while acting short-term. We have to start doing that, too. And I think I've got a plan I want to get to. Uh, let me just take a quick break here. But this is really critical. I'm going to play a video of Ron DeSantis. I'm going to talk about this Michael Anton piece as well, because I'm pretty sure if we do this, we can save this place. Today's show also brought to you by our friends at Helix Sleep. They have a quiz. It takes just two minutes to complete, and it matches your body type and sleep preferences to the perfect mattress for you. Why buy a mattress made for someone else? It doesn't make any sense. With Helix, you're getting a mattress you know will be perfect for the way you sleep. They have several different mattress models to choose from. They have a soft mattress, medium, and firm mattresses. Mattress is good for cooling you down if you sleep hot. Even a Helix plus-size mattress for plus-size sleepers. I took the Helix quiz. I was matched with a Midnight and Lux mattress because I wanted something to feel firm since I sleep on my side. It helps a lot. I love it. It's super comfortable. My daughter has one, too. We had a guest over one time. Used uh, slept in, uh, in the bed and it was like, this is the most comfortable mattress ever. True story. His name is Brian. He really exists. It's been awesome getting unboxing videos for so many of you who also found the Helix mattress of your dreams. With Helix, the, with Helix, the mattress comes right to your doorship for free. You don't ever need to go to a mattress store again. They have a 10-year warranty. You get to try it out for a 100-night sleep trial risk-free. They'll even pick it up for you if you don't like it. You'll love it. We get good feedback on it. Helix was awarded the number one best overall mattress pick of 2020 by GQ and Wired Magazine. Helix also offers exclusive discounts for military, first responders, teachers, and students. Helix is offering up to $200 off all mattress orders and two free pillows for our listeners at helixsleep.com slash Dan, H-E-L-I-X sleep.com slash Dan. Go today. Great mattresses. All right. 
So again, this is action time. This is action day. It's time for a plan. Talky time is over. Cutesy time is done. Kind of done with cutesy time. No more of that. We don't need cutesy time. It's not helping. So I'm going to give you a two-part plan here. I'd love your feedback. Tell me what you think. It's a two-part plan to rescue this place from the disaster it's going to become if we let the liberals continue to make chess moves on us while we play checkers. Plan, part number one of the plan is quite simple. Ron DeSantis kind of alluded to it in an appearance on Hannity. Was it uh, Wednesday night where they had the governor's forum? It's a good show. Ron DeSantis, what are we calling him? Gee, what's his name? Obi. Oh, no, Obi. Oh, Obi-Ron Kenobi. Yes, uh, Star Wars analogies everywhere. I thought of uh, Ron DeSkywalker, but Obi-Ron Kenobi seems, uh, seems more appropriate. And we will have a Ron DeSantis Strikes Again segment conveniently after this. But Ron DeSantis was on Hannity. And whether he knew it or not, he addressed part one of my plan long term. Remember, we're talking long term. How to save this place from destruction. Here's part one. Ron DeSantis on Hannity. Check this out. People that buy those phony narratives for these these media, they they probably aren't coming to Florida. But most people see through it. But the people that see through it, they think like us. And so I think a lot of these people are coming. Uh, I think they're registering as Republicans overwhelming. And I also have come across a lot of people who, quite frankly, were Democrats. The lockdowns turned them into Republicans. Ron's right. Governor DeSantis is absolutely correct. I live in Florida, folks. I've seen it. The people moving down here, again, obviously not all, but I believe a large majority of the people relocating to Florida, I think it's been up to 250,000, relocating to Florida from liberal states are not liberal. I, I'm not putting this out on my show to give you some Pollyannish view of the world. I'm telling you, I see, th I see them. I go out, people see me on Fox. They recognize me a lot out in restaurants and stuff. They come up, they say, hello, I've met some of you. Listen to the show. You know it, you, you were there. I can't tell you how many people come up to me and say, hey, just got down here. I'm from New York. I'm from New Jersey. I'm from Massachusetts. Imagine people from Ohio, you see everywhere. Oh, not that Ohio is a blue state, but... The New Jersey, Massachusetts, and Maryland, and New York certainly are. We just had a friend, uh, a woman, a Dorina, who we used to know from Maryland, who just moved down here too. They're conservatives. They're not liberals. You can see it in the voter registration. So part one of my talk is cheap, time for a long-term plan, is if you can. I know this bothers some listeners. I'm very sorry. I'm not trying to offend you. I'm trying to think long-term tactics because we have to win. If, if, if you can, and you believe in liberty and freedom, and it's possible, you should take you, your assets, your business, and your job, and move to Florida, move to Texas, move to Louisiana, move to Georgia, move to swing states where your vote matters and you can make a difference. Folks, I'm sorry, but a lot of these states are lost. I know some of you have to stay behind. And the fight, it's worth a good try there. I mean, they saved New York back in the Giuliani era. I'm just telling you, your votes, your jobs, your intelligence, you know, your, your kids, your kids' future is far better preserved in a state like Florida or Texas than it's going to be in the Northeast. Folks, all you got to do is look at the numbers. They're obviously not all liberals moving down here. I've lived in Florida now six going on seven years. Pretty decent amount of time, not forever, but pretty comfortable around the state now in the state's politics. To win a statewide race in Florida, whether it was for governor or the presidency, well, is that statewide? Because remember, the presidency is not a national election. It's a series of state elections. If you won by one point in Florida, that was a landslide. Every election is like 0 0.01, 0 0.2. 9, 0 0.5. It's never, if you get to a single point victory, it's a landslide in Florida. Just look at the, go back and just Google Florida elections for the last uh, five years. Sorry, search engine, like, bad habit. Don't Google. You shouldn't use Google. You'll see it yourself. President Trump won the state by 3.4 points. If it's more liberals moving down, then how is it that the margin of victory increased by, by three times? How is that? The answer is because they're not all liberals. So step one, if you can get out of California and New York and bring your intelligence, your money, your assets, your kids, everything somewhere else, please, we welcome you with open arms. Folks, part two is critical, though. 
Part two I addressed the other day. I'm not going to go through the entire article again, but I'd like you to read it. It's probably one of the most important articles you're going to read this week, if not this month, maybe this year. It's going to be controversial because the left will make it controversial because that's what they do. They'll call you a racist, white supremacist for even daring to bring this up because that's what they do. You can just be prepared for it in advance. This article will be in my newsletter again today, making a double appearance. Bongino.com slash newsletter. Get my subscribe. You'll get my newsletter every day. It's free. It's called Red Lines. The Constitution invites us and politics compels us to consider redrawing state and local borders. Michael Anton, May 2021. So if part one for my talk is cheap, it's time for a plan component, is taking the advice of Ron DeSantis and move to Florida and register as a Republican. That's my advice, too. And part two is if you can't move, you have a business, you have family. I understand. I get that a lot. People have a second home down here in Florida. I see a lot of them, too. I ask them, why a second home? Why not your first home? I can't. I have kids. I have a business up there. I totally understand. Not everybody has the luxury of portability. If you can't move, how about moving to your county? Many of you maybe who didn't hear the show the other day may scoff at this idea. Move your county, Dan. That sounds insane. What do you mean? Surely no one's thinking about that. Well, surely that's wrong because there's a study we put out. A sh- a, I'm sorry, a story we put out the other day in the Oregonian where Oregon counties are looking to move into Idaho. And Idaho in Oregon, those Oregon counties, very seriously considering it. Ladies and gentlemen, there's precedent for this. Maine wants portions of uh, wants portions of Massachusetts, West Virginia, and Virginia. This isn't unprecedented. Unprecedented means means it's without precedent. There is a precedent. It's happened before. So if you can't move, maybe you should get with your county councilman, your county commissioners, whatever title they have in your specific entity, and start asking them why they have to be part of the state. I mean, think about it. Again, as I said the other day, I ran in Western Maryland, which is a diehard conservative area. Garrett and Allegheny County, Maryland. I think Obama got about two votes in the entire. (laughs) All right, a little bit of hyperbole, but you get the point. Why do they have to be part of Maryland? Why can't they be part of West Virginia? The Constitution, ladies and gentlemen, is very clear on what to do about new states. But it's not very clear about what to do with old states that want counties from other states to join them. Maybe we should try it. Let's push it through the courts. Folks, this twofold strategy would do a couple things. First, on the move to a conservative state, which is the easiest one, if you can. Come to Florida. We'd love to have you if you're a conservative. If you're a liberal, please stay away. Florida's terrible. Don't come down here. It's the worst state ever. If you're a liberal, this place is awful. Please don't come down. If you're a conservative... Greatest place on earth. Weather's awesome. Come on down. Beaches, pristine. People couldn't be nicer. Weather, awesome, even in the summer. Liberal, terrible. Get out. Don't even come down. Don't even bother. But the first part, folks, as the population of Florida and Texas increased dramatically, as we saw in the last census, a couple of things happened. Number one, we get increasing numbers of members of the House of Representatives. That's a good thing. The 435 members of the House, if more of those members of the House are from Florida and Texas and not from New York and California, that means there's a strong likelihood that the House of Representatives could be permanently altered and tilted towards the Republican and conservative side if conservatives evacuate liberal states en masse and move to conservative areas. So part one, we could gain a near permanent control. Well, nothing's permanent, but a long-term control of Congress. Number two, your presidential elections, ladies and gentlemen, are not national elections. They're series of state elections. The amount of electoral votes each candidate gets for the states they win is determined by the number of congressional representatives plus two, the two senators. So Florida, which I believe has 27 congressmen and women and two senators, got 29 electoral votes. Ladies and gentlemen, that's a big number. Considering you only need 270 electoral votes to win, 
if you get and win the state of Florida and more conservatives move down here and almost guarantee you're going to win the state of Florida, not only is more conservatives moving down here almost guarantee the conservative candidate's going to win, but they also guarantee they're going to win more votes in the Electoral College because they have more. It's your House of Representatives plus two. If we start piling out of New York and we start to get the population levels of California, which I believe is in the 50s, folks, if you could get Texas and Florida up to 50 electoral votes and say 48 representatives, remember, it'd be 48 plus two. If you just won Texas and Florida for the presidency, you're already you would already be at 100 electoral college. You'd only need 170 more throughout the whole rest of the country. You can't move yourself. Move your county. Because if you move your county, you would take tens of thousands, if not hundreds of thousands of people in mass and move them into a conservative state at the same time, having the exact same effect. More members of Congress and a bigger electoral college count. And number three, a better chance of winning that state in presidential elections. Let me make one last point in this long-term plan. Move yourself or move your county. Very simple plan, folks. Not complicated at all. Let's make the Democrats, they're famous for this. Let's make them waste their votes. They are famous for wasting. You know what wasted votes are? Well, it's pretty simple. It's not a complicated segment, this long-term plan. Democrats are notorious for wasting their votes. They tend to congregate in big cities in overwhelming numbers. And it results in what's known in political science as a wasted vote. To win an election... Say there were 100 people voting, which is just simple math. And say it's, a, it's not a plurality election like a primary, but it's just a majority rule selection, which is most of them. If you have 100 people voting, then what do you need to win? 51. It's not a trick question, right? 51 votes. That's the majority. 51-49, you win. But what if you win 70-30? Do you win extra special prizes? Is there like a platinum medal above the gold? The answer is no, there's none. You win 51-49 or 70-30, you still win. Believe me, I've gotten smoked in elections and I lost one by a sliver. You still lose. There's no silver medal. What does that have to do with wasted votes? Democrats tend to gather in big cities in mass numbers. So when they win elections in New York City and Baltimore, the Democrat typically wins 90-10 or 80-20, which means what? If they win 90-10, they probably wasted a whole boatload of votes they didn't need that could have been spread around the state more efficiently to influence other elections. If we evacuate liberal states and let them win New York and California 90-10, it doesn't matter. They were going to win those states anyway. All the conservatives that were there, that were voting for, are now in other states. They are wasting votes there, building up the House of Representatives count and the Electoral College count and the population of conservative states. Can't move yourself, move your county. Let the Democrats win their elections in these liberal states 80-20 because we're all piling out and moving into other places. Controversial plan, I get it. But we're not here to appease anyone. We're here to tell you the truth. You want a long-term plan? That's it. All right, let me get to my uh, third sponsor, our friends at Power Air, which has been a lifesaver. He's a big fan, too. I like it for the nuggets. I'm a nuggets guy. Hey, listen, appliances take up a bunch of space. You have a toaster, an air fryer, grill, deep fryer. That's why you've got to check out the Power XL Air Fryer Grill. You can replace eight kitchen appliances with the Power XL. It's an air fryer, a grill, rotisserie, convection oven, pizza oven, griddle, deep fryer, toaster oven, all in one. The Power XL cooks with hot air, not oil. So you can cook healthier with up to 70% fewer calories from fat. I'm a, I like chicken nuggets, man. I'm a nuggets. I'm a simple guy. They're nice and crispy on the outside, low fat. That's my bag of donuts right there. I use the Power XL pretty much every day. You can cook for the whole family. Fits over four times more food than a traditional air fryer, and it cooks much faster to save you time. Here's a secret. They have a heating element from above, on the side, and below the grill plate, plus the turbo blades distribute heat evenly throughout the entire cooking surface. Comes with a ton of accessories, like a nonstick grill plate, a crisper tray, baking pan, a drip tray, and an oven rack. 
They're all dishwasher safe, clean up super easy. That's why it's the number one brand of air fryers in the United States. Paula puts the empanadas in there and you get that little crisp in the corner. You an empanada eater? You know how that works? I love that part. Only in the Power XL air fryer. It comes with a 90-day money-back guarantee. Right now they have an exclusive offer just for my Dan Bongino show listeners. If you go to trypowerxl.com and use promo code Bongino, you'll receive $10 off plus free shipping and a free cookbook. Go to trypowerxl.com. Use our promo code Bongino, B-O-N-G-I-N-O. One last time. TryPowerXL.com. Use promo code Bongino. PowerXL Air Fryer Grill makes a great, uh, great gift for your for anyone in your family. It's terrific. Go to TryPowerXL.com. Use our promo code Bongino today. All right, thanks, Power Guy. Great nuggets are terrific. <laughs> Simple guy. My food budget's actually pretty cheap, relatively speaking, because nothing I buy is that expensive. I can't eat steak as much anymore because of some, you know, health stuff. I used to eat it every night. Now I just back to nuggets full time. So moving on, I hope you like my plan. Um, if you don't, I'd love to hear you challenge me on it. I always appreciate a good solid back and forth, but I think it's the only effective long-term way to start to pull the freedom train back into the station. The freedom train left a long time ago. We've only managed to slow it down, never turn it around. What's a week without a Ron DeSantis strikes again? Here it is. Ron DeSantis strikes again. Oh, did it go off? <laughs> Sorry, not supposed to see it. I love Ron DeSantis. I live in Florida. I have the distinct pleasure of having campaigned for him as well because he's terrific. He was a huge underdog, came into office. Uh, a lot of people, I think, were skeptical. Now I think I can say hands down he is the best governor in the country. I'm sorry. I may be a little uh, non-objective on this because I live here. But here was Ron DeSantis the other day when he was questioned about, you know, uh, who was really crazy during the mask hysteria that broke out in the early days of the coronavirus. Um, and DeSantis gives a typical Ron DeSantis strikes again answer. Check this out. You know, normally it's not all of our district normally open then. So so this is one of the first ones. I think they sent like one of the corporate media outlets sent some reporter down. They were trying to make fun of Baker, like all oh, these yokels are having kids go in school. How cra how crazy are these people? Right. The crazy people are the ones that are vaccinated, still wearing six masks in New York City. I mean, to be honest with you, um, <laughs> This guy is a gem. He is a gem. I love this guy. If he doesn't run for POTUS one day, I, 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 the, the, there's, the world is just, the world as we know it will end. The apocalypse, the four horsemen of the apocalypse will be following up if he doesn't run. I threw that in there. One, because we were talking about DeSantis before and people moving to Florida and him indicating the truth that a lot of the people moving to Florida from the Northeast are Republicans but also because he brings up the mask thing. Now, we're going to do a little test today for ScrewTube and the communists at Facebook. Joe, uh, please, can you cue the opening of the Soviet National Anthem, please? <laughs> of course, anytime we talk about ScrewTube, Facebook, and Twitter, we have to play the Soviet, the beginning of the Soviet National Anthem because we're convinced that's what they do in headquarters every morning at 9 a.m. when their employees come in. They put on their hats, hammer and sickle and everything like this. So we're going to do a little censorship test today because, you know, we can't stand ScrewTube. And uh, we want to see their commitment to science, right? That's what they said, right? YouTube, they're committed to say they won't allow anyone to post material on their channel. Let's see. Let's try that out. Anyone to post material on their channels. That questions the science. Okay. Censorship test time. So if they believe in science, uh, again, we're just using logic here. So if this is confusing to anybody at ScrewTube because they watch the show, let us know. Shoot me an email. You know where to find me. You've sent this emails before. If you guys are really censoring things that are unscientific, then are we allowed to post a science, a legitimate science survey and an experiment here that was done that goes against your mask worshiping? Are we allowed Are we allowed to do that? Well, let's see. If this is banned, you'll know why. Definitely won't be banned from Rumble, I can tell you that. Well, we actually respect free speech. Town Hall. This piece will be in the newsletter. Please read it. Who's this by? Spencer Brown. Hat tips. Got to give hat tips to great authors out there doing good work. 
Uh-oh, get ready. Screw tube sweating now. They're like, what do we do? Masks didn't slow COVID spread, colon. New study. Uh, what Now, clearly the Soviets at YouTube are right now, they're watching this. Keep in mind, they screen my stuff. They're watching this right now, and they're like, what do we do? He can't say that. You cannot dare question the efficacy of masks on ScrewTube. We're Soviets. We told you, put your mask on and shut up, or we'll put you in the gulag, and you aren't allowed. But he's about to cite a study. What do we do? It's a study. The sweat is down their brows. It's like, uh, was it the, the airplane character? Joe, do you remember the airplane, the pilot? Was it Ted? This sweating, yeah. this way piloting the plane. Yes. I think it was Ted. Ted Stryker or something. Sweating. Down. This is the scene. The screw tube sensor watching my show. And I was like, what do I do? I should ban this right now. But he's going to say there's a study. What if there is a study? And it doesn't say what we told people. Wear your masks or you're going in the YouTube gulag. Okay, here's a screenshot. Let's see if they really believe in science from a reputable university, by the way. It's not the University of East Tuna Fish here. Quote, Town Hall. Read this piece in my newsletter. It's worth your time. New findings reported Tuesday in a University of Louisville study challenge what has been the prevailing belief that mask mandates are necessary to slow the spread of the coronavirus, of the Wuhan coronavirus. The study notes that 80% of U.S. states mandated masks during the COVID pandemic. All right. And while mandates induced greater mass compliance, they did not predict lower growth rates when community spread was low or high. Among other things, the study con- uh, conducted using data from the CDC, by the way, covering multiple seasons, reports that, quote, mask mandates and use are not associated with lower SARS-CoV-2 spread among U.S. states. Did I, am I reading that right? He was kind enough to highlight that again. It, thank you, Joe. Um, for those of you not listening, that is the head-scratching effect because why Joe does that is because when I scratch my head on camera, if you're not watching on Rumble, you can't hear it. So the sound effect, because it is kind of a head-scratcher, right? YouTube sweating Ted Stryker style right now because they're wondering, what do we do? There's a study from a reputable university, University of Louisville, that says that these masks are not really associated with a decrease in this code. So this is, what do we do? It's very confusing. Censorship test time. I'm sure this show will be deleted because, again, they are communists, and communists were never interested in science. They're only interested in destruction. But even worse in the piece, they include this line, which should scare everyone. Again, this goes against the YouTube narrative, so I'm sure they'll be horrified. Ladies and gentlemen, the use of masks is not risk-free. I get it. Some on the left who worship the face diaper will say to you, well, what's the downside? Okay, um, I'll just read to you what the study says. Don't take my word for it about what the downside is. I thought you believed in science, and here it is. Quote, prolonged mask use of greater than four hours per day promotes facial alkalinization and inadvertently encourages dehydration, which in turn can enhance barrier breakdown and bacterial infection risk. British clinicians have reported masks to increase headaches and sweating and decrease cognitive precision. Survey bias notwithstanding, it's associated with medical errors. By obscuring nonverbal communication, masks interfere with social learning in children. Likewise, masks can distort speech, and remove visual cues to the detriment of individuals with hearing loss. Clear face shields improve visual integration, but there's a corresponding loss of sound quality. Again, I I get it. The Soviets at YouTube and Facebook are terrified right now because we dare to put information out there, just like we put out early the lab leak hypothesis when they banned that too, because they're not really interested in science because they're communists. But that's interesting to note that they can't provide strong evidence that masks were effective, but they can provide evidence that there was a risk. Increasing dehydration, your mouth and all, when it produces saliva effectively, being a better barrier to germs and bacterial infection, it's odd that you would promote the use of this when it's actually increasing the risk of certain infections and we can't seem to provide strong evidence that they're effective. Again, I'm sure we'll be thrown off YouTube today because they're communists. But as you know, I just don't care. As you know, I have a part ownership stake in Rumble because we believe in free speech and I'm just eagerly anticipating the day 
that they throw me off YouTube so that I can use it to market Rumble more effectively. So they really can't win. Only I win on that one. Just shut <laughs> Joe, Joe bookended the segment. Very good. <laughs> we needed the Soviet anthem at the beginning. And at the end. We, and that's how you tie it up, right? What's the thing in radio? How do you segue out of a segment? I said on the radio, I don't know. You just say the story's over. That's the way to do it. <laughs> Beginning, Soviet, and story's over. I was actually going to say something else, but Joe's right. Wrap it up. That was a single. <laughs> Wrap it up, buddy. All right. Let me get, seriously, let me get to my last sponsor because I got to, I want to get to this inflation segment because it's important. It's only the biggest danger of our time. What else have we got? Oh, man. And my hero of the day because I got an interesting story I'll share on radio today, too. Final sponsor today, Omaha Steaks. Folks, listen, I eat Omaha Steaks. I love it. I ate them for a long time. Someone sent them to me a long time ago before they were a sponsor. Why? Because they're just darn good. You're not going to beat the price. It's better than anything I've got in a grocery store. They're fantastic, and the burgers are absolutely delicious. Why? Well, listen, they age their strips, their New York strip steaks, 30 days. Age equals tenderness. Summer's almost here. Father's Day's around the corner. Go today to omahasteaks.com, type Bongino in the search bar, and order Dad the Get Out and Grill assortment. He'll love you for it. And then go over to your, your father's house and eat with him. It includes 20 entrees your father's guaranteed to love, like ultra-juicy burgers. Everyone's going to love them. Plump chicken breasts, sides, desserts, and four 10-ounce butcher's cut New York strips. Like I said, they're age 30 days. Age is tender. You should cut these babies with a butter knife. Plus, get four free New York strip burgers with your order. They're ultra-lean. They pack a bold, serious, intense flavor. <sighs> Omaha Steaks isn't just steak. It's the best steak of your life, guaranteed. Go to omahasteaks.com, enter keyword Bongino, and order the Get Out and Grill assortment today. Send Dad more than just a gift. Send him an experience he'll love and can share with you. Don't forget, for a limited time, get four free New York Strip burgers with your order. Throw those babies on the grill this week and have a good time. That's omahasteaks.com, enter keyword Bongino. You'll love them. You have my, uh, my word on that. They're great. All right, folks, thank you. I was always appreciate your patience. Sponsors are great companies, and they like to be here and talk to you. So, Folks, speaking of prices, and you say, speaking of prices, why are we speaking of prices? I was, whether you knew it or not. The last mask segment where we did the censorship test with ScrewTube, folks, there's a price to everything. Everything has a price. We've thrown pricing out the window and the price model in the coronavirus era where we used to weigh risk and reward. We've done that with every disease in the past, whether it's seasonal flu or the HIV crisis that hit in the mid-80s. People had to make decisions. Was it worth it to engage in these behaviors in the 80s and take risks when we still were very uncertain about how HIV was transmitted? Some people lived their lives and took a chance. Some people didn't. They were scared. I lived through it. I remember it. Every season with the flu, people risk reward and price out. What is the price of my behavior? And is that price of my behavior worth it? With the seasonal flu, people go out, people shake hands, people talk to one another. They know they could get the flu, but they do it anyway. Why? It's not because people are stupid. People are actually smart. People say to themselves, it's a high price for me to sit home the entire winter during flu season. I'll be depressed. It'll crush my immune system. I'll miss my friends, and I want to live my life. So I'm not willing to pay the price of sitting at home the entire winter during flu season, but I am willing to pay the price of risk to go outside and take my chances with the flu. Folks, that was all thrown out the window in the coronavirus era where, of course, we jumped to conclusions, shut down the whole economy, crushed the entire world economy, uh, and basically did it without knowing anything about transmission or anything like that. We threw risk analysis out the window. And for those of you saying out there, again, I can't say this enough because it's important. Hey, Dan, stop saying that. You can't put a price on a human life. I say, I don't. You do. I don't put a price on, my, on, on your life. You put a price. I put a price on my own life. And so do you. I don't put a price on my life, Dan. The price is too high. Really? You do it every day. You get on a plane, right? You get on a plane knowing darn well there's a very, very small chance there could be an accident. You could die. Why do you do that? I thought the price, I, th I thought there was no price. No price. You will, your life is too valuable. I don't put a price on my own life. Yes, you do every day. You've determined that the cost of not traveling and not seeing friends and not traveling for your job is too high. And you put a price on your life and you deem that price worth it. Again, it's, I'm not being callous. I'm, it's a fact. You eat bacon a lot. Bacon's delicious. I love bacon. I eat the hell out of bacon. Why? 
high in some saturated fat content. Eventually, prolonged use, bacon every day may have some pernicious effects, and it may, right? You do it, why? Because it's worth the cost to you, because you like bacon. You put a price in your life every day. We price everything, even our own lives. We've thrown all that out the window with coronavirus. We've also thrown it all out the window now, speaking of prices, with this inflation, the inflation coming around the corner. Ladies and gentlemen, it is the greatest economic threat of our time. Anyone telling you otherwise is absolutely lying. We are going down the path of the Argentinians and the Weimar Republic shortly, if we keep this up. Here's an article in the Wall Street Journal. It's from a while ago, but it's worth reading. Inflation hits a high note. Prices are rising at their fastest clip in years, but the Fed is relaxed because expectations aren't embedded. Very simply, what is inflation? It is a monetary phenomenon everywhere, to quote and cite the great Milton Friedman. Meaning what? Inflation is very simple. If your economy produces a certain number of products, which it does, we have factories, right? We produce cars, whatever it may be. The entire world produces a set number of goods at any given time and services. If more money is chasing the same number of goods, then the price of those goods goes up. Again, this is only complicated to leftists who don't understand simple math. If you double the amount of money in circulation and you don't number, uh, double the amount of products to buy with that money, well, twice the money is, twi is chasing the same products, meaning the cost of those products is going to go up. I mean, again, please time out me, anyone on the show, if that's complicated, because leftists are listening, and I know it's very difficult. It's difficult for them, not for the sane crowd out there. Inflation is a monetary phenomenon. You print extra money, you're going to get extra prices. Why are we printing extra money? Well, we are printing extra money because liberals love inflation. We're printing it through all kinds of fancy mechanisms at the Federal Reserve, quantitative easing, all kinds of fancy names. The bottom line is this. Our Federal Reserve prints money. Look on the front of your dollar bill, whatever bill, it'll say Federal Reserve note. They are printed by the Federal Reserve. I've seen where, it, uh, I've seen where the paper's made up in Massachusetts. I've seen them printed down in Washington, D.C. They print the money. So when they print the money or create it digitally and they don't create more products, you will get costs going through the roof as more money chases the same product. So why do liberals love that? Why? It's not a math lesson today, but it is an important show. Liberals like inflation because liberals like to spend money they don't have. And they like to spend it vis-a-vis -vis the government. And there's only two ways to get money from people. Well, actually three. You can tax them. If you're the government, there's only three ways. You can run up debt. And third, you can just print it. Right? So those are generally your three ways the government's going to spend money. Take it from people, run up debt, which is also taking it from people, or you can print it. So why do liberals love inflation? Because liberals want to monetize the debt. What is monetizing the debt? Well, ladies and gentlemen, when your dollar is worth less. That's what inflation is. It sounds kind of ironic, right? Inflation would mean getting bigger, inflating something. Well, you're inflating the price of products, right? But you're really, when you think about it, deflating the dollar. Why? Because if the price of something goes up, if you could buy a stick of gum for a dollar last week, and now inflation's 100%, so that stick of gum costs $2, your dollar's worth less, right? Your dollar last week bought a stick of gum. Today, it doesn't. Hey, it buys a half a stick ago. So if your dollar's worth less because of inflation, why do liberals love that? Liberals love that because we can run up a bunch of government debt, and that dollar being worth less means that dollar of debt is worth less too. Inflation is really great for debtors. Remember what the great Milton Friedman always said, all debts are paid, ladies and gentlemen. All debts are paid, either by the debtor or the creditor. If I lend Joe Armacost money and Joe Armacost doesn't pay me back, that debt was paid mm -hmm. by me. If I lend Joe money and Joe pays me back next week, that debt was repaid by Joe. But all debts are paid, folks. There's no escaping debt. It's a black hole you can never get out of. So if our U.S. debt is so large that it'll never be repaid by the people who lent us the money, it won't. We won't repay it then what better way to screw them over than to just devalue their debt? Pay them back in deflated dollars. Pretty simple math, right? If I borrowed a dollar 10 years ago that bought a stick of gum, 
and now I'm paying back a dollar now that only buys a half a stick of gum, then I really got over because I got a half a stick of gum for free. Make sense? Liberals love inflation. Now, because they love inflation, and they know you know inflation is bad, you have the, the goons at PolitiFact again, PolitiFarce, the biggest joke of a website in human history. PolitiFact, alleged fact checkers, who are now going after people who point out that prices are through the roof. Hilarious, PolitiFact, who screwed up just about every major fact check out there. So they're trying to fact check inflation because they know inflation right now is exploding under Joe Biden as the U.S. government prints more money. Look at some of these prices. Here was a chart that was put up that PolitiFact wanted to fact check. Lumber gone up dramatically, $300, $1,500. What is that? Uh, gasoline, $1.95, now $305. Wheat, $183, $251. What is that other one? Uh, coal, coal was $39. Now it's $80. Corn used to be $343. Now it's $686. So, of course, PolitiFact has to provide cover for the liberals who need inflation but don't want you to know it's a bad thing. So PolitiFact ran this fact check on the fact that prices have gone up. Another hilarious fact check by the jokers at PolitiFact. Listen to this one. They rate that as half true. Really, half true? Those prices didn't go up? They say, yeah, lumber, gas, wheat, coal, and corn do cost more in April of 2021 in Joe Biden's America than they did a year earlier. They then acknowledge that all of that is, in fact, true. But they say, yeah, but you know what? The context is during the pandemic. So they, they don't ignore, keep in mind, those products cost more. Instead of just saying, this is true, but there was a pandemic, they rated no half true. It's not half true. It's all true. Those are, in fact, prices that have gone up. PolitiFact has to provide cover. So that's why they're doing that. Why? Because, ladies and gentlemen, people are getting hip right now to what's going on. The spending levels are out of control. And the government is eagerly anticipating the era of negative interest rates coming up soon. Why? Because the easiest way to make your money worth more and to control inflation is the way Paul Volcker did it in the early 90s in the Reagan era by increasing the interest rate. Increasing interest rates makes money more scarce and interest rates a price for money. When you increase an interest rate, you start to sop up the money supply, right? People take fewer loans. People take fewer mortgages. Dan, why would that be a good thing? Because you got to get some of the dollars out of circulation, folks. That's why the inflation uh, is going crazy right now. More dollars chasing fewer goods. We have to sop up some of the dollars. High interest rates will do that. Liberals can't have high interest rates because why? They love inflation, number one. Inflation can't persist with high interest rates or shouldn't. And secondly... It makes our debt worth more, not less. Remember, they want to monetize the debt. They want the dollar to be worth half. If we increase interest rates, the dollar be worth more. They're eagerly anticipating the day of negative interest rates. Now, do you understand the clamoring for the digital dollar lately? They want to institute a digital dollar. They want to start to decrease the use of cash. Why would that be? Because, ladies and gentlemen, as interest rates go down and money's easier to get because the interest rates are low, inflation goes up, which allows liberals to borrow and spend more. They would love to see interest rates go negative. Can't go any further than that, the negative numbers, right? Well, what happened when they tried that in Japan? Look at this fascinating piece from back in 2016. Japanese seeking a place to stash cash start snapping up safes. Negative interest rates spur sales of safes where the interest rate on cash is always zero. So folks, negative interest rates, if you put your money in the bank, liberals know one, keeps inflation high, and two, spurs you to spend more money, which they want you to. They don't want you to save. They hate savers. They want you to spend. So what better way to do that? What better way than to create a negative interest rate so you can't keep your money in the bank? And if there was only a digital dollar and there were no cash deposits, Oh, what better way to decrease the value of your money every single day? They tried that in Japan. Japanese citizens went out and bought safes, took all their money out of the bank because they didn't want to lose money in the bank with negative interest rates and just stocked them in their safe where the interest rate is zero. Folks, inflation is the greatest threat of our time. Your simple ability to survive and buy products to survive is being threatened every single day as the value of your dollar goes down and down and down. All right, I'm out of time, so... um. The spending levels are out of control. 
And the reason the spending levels are out of control is because we keep printing money. That is leading to this inflation uh, tidal wave coming ashore. Can we queue up our hero of the day? Listen, here's my man. I love this guy. Clarence Thomas, Supreme Court Justice, one of the greatest Supreme Court justices in the history of the court. So TMZ catches him, I guess, outside the Supreme Court. TMZ, I guess they're trying to make him look silly or something. But watch Clarence Thomas, my hero of the day, hero of the week, and really one of the heroes of my lifetime. A great conservative, a patriot. Here's Clarence Thomas when TMZ catches him outside the court. And he turns the tide in the TMZ guy and kind of makes the whole thing good. This is really worth it on your Friday. Check this out. He, he has a chance. He, I'm I, just a civil servant. I know he, Lance, 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 Edo, Lance Edo retired. He, he got to be looking for some, some work a little bit, no? But you're a funny guy. What do you, what do you do? You just sort of sat around and photobomb people? No, no, I'm calling with TMZ. I know you. I'm just giving you a hard Okay, time. man. We love your work, though, man. You crack me up. Did you go to NYU? No, my sister did. Great school. Was you at law school there? No, she did. Um, she's a, she's a actually, she did journalism also. Yeah, but it's she a wonderful just, school. Yeah. So you go around bothering people? <laughs> no, no. Actually, we we find interesting people. <laughs> what did you have to What did you have to eat? I know you no, like no, steak no, dinner. No, no, no. Come on, man. What a great guy. Just a quick story. One the great. Re- one of the great regrets in my life. I was a secret service agent. I was sitting on the front lawn late at night at Michael Chertoff's house when he was a DHS secretary. We used to have a protection detail on him. It's really dark. And Clarence Thomas uh, had come over uh, for dinner. Um, I guess they know each other from when they were both, uh, you know, in the legal profession. And Clarence Thomas is walking out. He always been a hero of mine. And we had a trailer on the lawn and he says, good night. Now, no one ever said goodnight to us. We were secret service agents. I'm serious. Like, people just looked at us like we were like, uh, you know, trophies standing around. No one ever said goodnight. So I didn't think he was talking to me. And I ignored him. And it was so dark, I thought maybe he's talking to someone else. So I hear again, goodnight. And I'm, again, I'm not thinking anything. I hear from him, goodnight. And I'm like, oh, yes, sir. Sorry, goodnight. He was talking to me the whole time. And I thought to myself, wow, what an amazing guy. Like, he couldn't leave until he made sure he recognized us, the secret service guys, in this pitch black lawn late at night. That's the kind of guy he is. He wanted to make sure, like, we knew he acknowledged us there. He's a great guy. Hat tip to great Clarence Thomas. Folks, thanks again for a great week. I hope you listen to my radio show today and Monday. Also, please set your DVR for June 5th, 10 p.m., Saturday night, 10 p.m. Next week, we start my new Fox News show. Uh, Please watch it. And uh, also uh, check me out on The Five and on Hannity filling in tonight. I'll see you all on Monday. Good day, sir. You just heard Dan Bongino.